Hi friends, um, <clears throat> today's Saturday, I think it's January 8th, but I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I hadn't planned on doing a podcast, but I've had a really tough couple days and... I feel like that it's things that, um, you know, I had planned on down the road having a few podcasts about, but I was going to have it be like my raw podcasts and the tough podcasts, um, that I knew were going to take a lot out of me, but Unfortunately, in this life, we don't have control over things that happen and triggers that we have and just day-to-day things. And as I had mentioned before, I really want to be transparent and You know, I've done a few podcasts now and I've realized that they're very therapeutic for me and they've been very helpful. Um, And I know that they'll be helpful for other people. And I'm really in a place right now where I feel like I need to talk about... um, how I'm feeling and this will probably be something that I'll obviously have to you know talk about in therapy because it's things that I've that I'm noticing about myself um so here we are on a Saturday night I'm home I've been sick COVID (laughs) Um, I don't know what I'm going to name this podcast yet, but I'm just going to talk and I'm just going to talk. So a little bit about me. I'm... The daughter of of a drug addict and I have been around drugs a majority of my life not in the sense to where I have done drugs um, but I've been around drugs because drugs have um, ravished my family. Um, Drugs took away the relationship that I probably could have had with my, my dad. 
Um, Drugs, I feel like, robbed me of a somewhat normal childhood. Um, Drugs have robbed me of relationships with my siblings. Drugs have ravished my mom's life and have really made a mess out of the lives around me. And I've really tried to go through life and do everything opposite of what was going on around me. So my youngest or my oldest son is uh, 22 now. And when I got pregnant with him, I was in Oregon. I met his father in Oregon. We were in Oregon for quite a while before I got pregnant. And um, at that time in my life, drugs were still fresh, you know. Um, My brothers were on drugs. Um, I'm the daughter of a drug addict. (laughs) And I found that I was pregnant. And the first time that I found I was pregnant, I was terrified. Um... I was so scared because not only my age, but the fact that I didn't know, like, I didn't know what would become of a child that I brought into this world. Because I always thought, like, where I come from, it's just going to continue on. Um, And I was terrified to have a son because all I have is brothers. And my father had died of a drug overdose. So when him and I first got pregnant, um, I decided to have an abortion for that reason. Um, I didn't want to have a baby. I didn't think that I could be a mom. I didn't, I just, I was terrified, absolutely terrified. So he understood Um, and one morning we just got up and we went and he was with me. He held my hand. He was in the room with me and we had an abortion together. Young. I was young. He was young. Um, 
But then, about a year later, we got pregnant again. And this time, I just was not willing to... have an abortion because I was afraid of what drugs could do to my life or the life of my child so that's how I ended up in California I um, my son's father and I found out that I was pregnant with a son (laughs) and While it was a great, we were happy. I was inside. I was terrified. Because at that point, we were still in Oregon. And my one of my biggest fears um, was becoming a reality. And I was bringing a boy into this world. And... I didn't know I didn't know what to do like one of my younger brothers at the time um, was in jail for drugs and my son's father and I would go and um, this was before I was pregnant before you know he was born before I moved to California we would go and we would visit him and um, we both tried to make it a point to you know be there for him but then I got pregnant and I I I don't think that my brother ever knew this but I I was so scared so we decided to leave you know he wanted to come home and be by his mom and his family and he had kids out here and um I was terrified to stay um so I came and I look back at that situation now and I I think man like I see my son and I know that I made the right decision because I raised two amazing boys and my boys are not supposed to be thriving like they are. I always felt like my DNA was just going to fuck everything up. Like, it terrified me. It absolutely terrified me. So I, I think now, like, the last 22 and a half years of my life have been 
making sure that I did better, you know, making sure that that I did better and I was honest with my boys. I never hid things from them, you know, I I let them know that, you know, their their grandfather um did drugs and he overdosed on drugs and I didn't keep it a secret for them that um, my biological brothers have all had an addiction to drugs um, and that's why I don't necessarily have a relationship with them I have relationships with them but not the relationships that I have wished. And, um, I'm saying all this to say this, like, drugs is no fucking joke, man. Like, it's like, a drug addict is like, come with me to the depths of hell. Just come with me. Just ride with me. Roll with me. And it's not going to be fun and it's not going to be pretty. But I need you with me. But. I still love my brothers. And I still want them safe. And I worry. But we make it through. Like, I have, um, I have five brothers. Wait, (laughs) I always got to (laughs) count. I have five brothers, four brothers from my biological father. And um, if I go down the list, one of them right now is homeless. He lives on the streets in Oregon. He had a tough life, tough life. Um, He struggles with drugs. Um, He's got demons in his closet that um, even I don't want to know what they are, you know. He, um, he's that brother that would, they would call me and be like, hey sis, um, I was just thinking about you, I missed you and I want to come see you. And he just, he, um. He's just a, a a roamer, like he just hitchhikes. So, you know, for many years I would allow him just to hitchhike out here and, you know, spend a couple days with me and it was always you have to stay clean, you know. And he he would until the last time he came out. Um it was years ago. But uh he came out and 
I lived in Colton, California. I lived in an apartment with my oldest son. My little son was born and my ex-husband. And um, he disappeared for a few days. And I... I didn't know where he was, but I knew that it wasn't good. I knew it wasn't good. And I had asked around, you know, to a few people in the apartment complex. um, Because he was dating this woman. We called her 28 Days. (laughs) (laughs) Because there was this movie called 28 Days Later. They were like zombies. And (laughs) this woman did so many drugs and just didn't take care of herself she legitimately looked like one of the zombies from 28 days later so it's fucked up i know but we call her 28 days anyways um we asked around nobody had seen him but one night um i got a knock at my door and it was my neighbor and she said uh my husband just seen your brother over at such and such apartment you know well, maybe you should just just give him a couple days and then you know maybe go talk to him whatever and I said no fuck that I'm gonna go now and I knew in my heart what I was gonna see I knew it but I felt like I needed to see it so I went there and he was tweaking he was high and he had been high for several days and he had you know pick marks on his face and pick marks on his arms and his eyes were sunken in and It just looked like life had just, you know, left him. And I just looked at him and I, I, I hurt so badly because, um, he's my big brother and I never seen him like that before. And I didn't, I don't, I don't even think I said anything to him. I think that. I stood at the doorway and he looked at me and I looked at him and I turned around and I went back to my apartment and the next day he came there and I told him, I said, you have two choices. I'll either buy you a plane ticket or a bus ticket back to Oregon or you can hitchhike back to Oregon. But I don't ever want you back at my house. And I did that because when I was pregnant with my oldest son, I left Oregon to protect him from that behavior. And that behavior and that horror made its way to us in California 
and I could not risk I couldn't risk I just couldn't risk it so I took him to Venice Beach he didn't want a a bus ticket home he wanted to go to Venice Beach and just drift and he did He drifted, he seen some famous people and stayed in Venice for a while, I don't know how long, and then made himself back to Oregon. And um, he never came back after that. He respected my wishes and he never came back. Um, But now he's he's in Oregon and he's, he's homeless, living on the streets. Um, but he's a survivor and he, he, it's, it's what he chooses for his life. Um, I have another brother that's older than me and he has struggled. He had, you know, two kids and a wife and he lost it all because he decided to do drugs and, um, he lost it all and now he is living in Oregon in a trailer um and his quality of life I I don't think is is the greatest you know um and then I got my middle brother that You know, he did some time in prison because he was into drugs and um, he got some charges brought against him and he's done some, he's done some, some hard time in prison, but um, I'll say that he got out and he decided I'm not going to be a fucking statistic. I'm going to get my shit together and he has had his shit together ever since and I know that he struggles um and he may not realize it but he has it figured out you know and I say he's got it figured out because he hasn't gone back um I struggle the most with this little brother because I feel like him and I are more alike than, um, I think that we, that we want to (laughs) believe, but we are. And I never, because our life was so non-traditional growing up. Um, it's like, we didn't know each other, you know, like we didn't, know each other I don't have a whole heck of a lot of memories um but there's one thing that I don't even think he knows this but a few years ago my 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 pa passed away my pa's my mom's husband um and he had cancer and he 
he passed away. And, you know, my boys and I went out when it was time for him to go to sleep. And um, my brothers were there, all of us, except for my little brother, my little brother, Tim. And um, it was the first time in a long time that I seen my brother, James. And it was the first time that my sons, I think, maybe had ever met him. But there was a moment for me where my pa had passed. And we were all there and, you know, we were all hurt and... uh the coroner had to come and get him because he had passed in the house. And uh, I don't remember necessarily how it happened, if he went outside first or if I went outside first, but the coroners had taken him away, you know, and they took him outside and put him in the van and then they drove off and Somehow, some way, my little brother hugged me so tight. I remember thinking to myself, man, I'm, I was like 40, 41 years old. And I remember thinking to myself, man... 40, 40 something years old and I've never had a hug like this from my brother and at that moment like something inside me like changed and it's it's never it's always been with me I will say that it's always been with me excuse me <laughs> I am crying. <laughs> but that's why these podcasts are good because they really this is so therapeutic for me. Um but anyways something something changed in me and it became important to me to To try to have something with my brothers. My little brother. My last little brother from my my father. My biological. Um, he's. He's like a, a organ thug. <laughs> I think. He does drugs. Um. I think he, I don't know where he lives. I haven't seen him for years. Um, but he's out there. And that's the thing about drugs that 
you know, I, I kind of wanted to, to bring up because I, you know, things happen and, and, uh, they're triggers. And, uh, yesterday, one of my, my good friends, um, her son passed of a drug overdose and I didn't know, like, like, I didn't know what to say to her. When I, when I got to her, I didn't cry. Um, I just wanted to be there for her because I, I knew, I knew that it was, it was hurting and I knew that it was hurting her daughter and, um, you know, I looked at her and her and I have had conversations before in the past and I've always looked at her and I've, I've thought about my mom because my mom, one of the sweetest, saltiest women you'll ever meet. She's sweet. She's so, so sweet, but she can be salty and sassy. <laughs> I think that's probably where I get I probably get, I'm not as sweet as her. I don't think I have even half of the sugar in me that she has in her, but I definitely got the spice. I have all the spice that she has. But my mom is one of the strongest people that I have ever met in my life. And I feel so blessed because while there's many times with her, I know that she feels like she didn't take good good enough care of us kids when we were younger. And, you know, she put us in harm's way and because there was a lot of abuse and a lot of things that happened. And she fails to realize that even still, yes, she did not make some of the best decisions. And yes, she did have us in harm's way. But she still protected us the best way that she knew how. And in that, I learned from my mom how to be strong. I took these moments from her. Just being a little girl and just watching her. like I remember one time just I came home from school and she was sitting by the, the sink just staring outside in the backyard and my my dad was a fucking cocksucker and um that's another story but he did some pretty pretty shitty things to her and as a little girl I just remember her just standing there just like a fucking mama bear and she made sure that I was okay, regardless. I seen, I seen her protect us on many different occasions. I heard her protect us on many different occasions. And I seen the brutality in her protecting us from my drug-addicted, alcoholic father. <laughs> And that translated into drug-addicted children. 
And, you know, my mom told me one time, there was a time when all my brothers were in jail at the same time. And she said, I can finally sleep. I can finally sleep tonight because all my boys, they're going to be okay. And while that was, you know, short-lived, um, I'll never forget that she had that, that moment, you know, and, and talking to, you know, my friend that lost her son, I always remember her saying, you know, that she just, she just dreaded that call. Like she waited for that call. And my mom has said that so many times. And, um, it makes me sad because as a mom, I don't know how, um, you can bury your child from passing period, no matter how it is. Um, but I do know that in our society, society tends to frown on the drug addicted population and they tend to look down on them and one thing I know and one thing that I understand is that I have five brothers, right? Five. Four of them have struggled with drugs, hard drugs. And at the end of the day, I want to trade one of them in. I'd keep them as my brothers. Big brother, my little brother, I'd keep them. If God came to me and said, you can trade these four brothers in for, you know, brothers that that hug you and do this with you and do that with you, I wouldn't trade them in. And I'm never ashamed of them because I know their struggle. And I know that each and every one of us have our own story and each and every one of us deal with our stories in our own way. And I respect their story. And I respect my friend's son's story who just lost his life to drugs. I never met him. But what I do know is that there was something in his life that made it hard for him and he fought a hard fight that a lot of us in society won't understand I don't understand because I I didn't turn to drugs but that doesn't make me any better than him it's easy to sit there and look down on people that have a drug addiction and just judge them 
It's easy to sit there and think that you're better than them. But the reality is, is that you're not. I'm no better than my brothers. I chose a different path, but I'm no better than my brothers. And I love my brothers. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I never... I never lied to my sons about their uncles and their struggles. I never lied to them about, you know, my struggles and their grandfather. You know, I've I've been honest with them. And I think that it's just so important that as a society, we have got to understand that people struggle like it's it's not about it's not about it's not about being a doormat it's not about letting people take advantage of you it's about compassion and mind you i mean mind you let me be honest and say that um I do have, there's, you know, one of my brothers that I can think of right now has done some pretty fucked up things to my mom and I have hard feelings towards him. The difference is, is that I don't have hard feelings towards him because of his drug addiction. I have hard feelings of him towards him because of what he's done to my mom and how he's treated her. And I hope that he could recognize that i'm i'm not judging you because of your drug addiction i'm judging you because of the way that you behave when you're on drugs and granted i hope that you would do what you need to do to get off of drugs um but i'm not a doctor and i don't know i don't know what that takes what i know about drug addiction and I don't even think you need to be a doctor to know this I think that you just you have to have been in this situation and observe and know that it's a fucking hard fight it's fucking hard come with me to the depths of hell just come with me mom I need you to be with me in the depths of hell I need you to come with me and there's going to be good times and there's going to be bad times And you're always going to hope that I get clean. You're always going to hope that that little boy is going to come back. You're always going to hope. And it doesn't always happen. In my mom's case, yes, I think that she's been blessed enough to... One of her boys, it, it mattered to him to get clean. And it mattered to him to make the best life for himself that he could. Even though... He had a drug addiction and he was in prison. And if you don't fucking respect that, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know. I, I I just think that it just goes back to, for me, it goes back to 
having love and compassion and and just knowing that we all have a different story we all deal with things differently and what tickles my tummy might not tickle yours and vice versa I have struggled with other addictions not drugs but I've struggled with other addictions eating disorder times I think I have a sexual addiction I don't know but those are my struggles and it doesn't make me any less of a person than the person next to me it's my story and it's going to be my story to tell and so coming up on my 45 minute limit that I usually try to try to keep um so in closing I think that we need to just be kind and and uh we need to understand that this drugs right now are killing so many people they're taking so many lives and I, I, I truly don't believe that when somebody is sitting there and ready to, you know, slam or smoke or pop their drugs, they're not thinking like, oh, this is fucking going to be great. Like, this is, this is what I wanted to be when I grew up. I feel like they're thinking of pain. You know, I, I I often think of my 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 father and I think like he died a John Doe. He died in Portland, Oregon, a John Doe. And they didn't know who the fuck he was. That's that's how unimportant he was. Um But at the end of the day, and as as much as I Say like I, I would refer to him as my sperm donor, and people would be like, "What? What?" At the end of the day, and I guess the older that I get, I think, I think that's my way of of just covering the hurt, because when I think about him, and when I think about when he died. I think about what he was thinking. What was he feeling? Was he thinking about his kids? I'm sure he was thinking about his kids. I'm sure that we were the last thing on his mind when he took that last breath. And I'm coming to the realization that he wasn't He wasn't necessarily a bad man. He had a bad story. And his story affected a lot of people. Four children, five children, and a woman. 
And it doesn't stop with with my family. It it goes on and on. There's so many families out there. And I just wish that we could start having this conversation. You know, I think that it would be better if we could start having this conversation. Like, it's important that we start having the conversation of drug addiction and how it affects families and drug overdoses. It's not you. So many people are so ashamed when somebody in their family dies of a drug overdose. They don't want to talk about it. Oh, he died of something else. Or we don't know what he died of. Yes, the fuck you do. And that's your business granted. But it starts with you. Like, you can't be ashamed because if you're ashamed then the people around you think that it's okay to be ashamed and at the end of the day no matter what addiction they have I feel like you have to love them unconditionally and that is the stance that I take with my brothers is that while they have drug addictions and while they have dragged my mom and myself to the depths of hell with them I still love them and if God forbid one of them passed tomorrow I would be broken hearted because that is who God wanted to be my big brother or my little brother only those four Well, five, because I have little, little Stevie, but I just think that we need to find love and we need to find understanding and drugs are getting bad. They're getting bad. And, um, it's evident that it's a trigger for me, um, and it, it makes me think and it makes me, you know, open up. And I already feel better that I've, you know, spoke about it on here. And it's going to, you know, somebody's going to hear this podcast that it's going to resonate with, you know. So I wish that I had a great quote for the ending of this podcast, but I don't. So I'm just going to say love be kind, be accepting, and be understanding of people that are not like you and that don't fight the same battles as you and don't look down on them because you don't know their battles. You don't know, you don't know their stories. We see people every day driving down the street, walking down the street, homeless people, rich people, And we all have a fucking story. We all do. And we all choose how to live that life. And because I chose a different path doesn't mean that I can look down on anybody. Because we all have a story. So... That's my emotional podcast for 
Saturday. Um, (laughs) Just love and be understanding. And (sighs) I hope everyone has a great night. And um, this podcast might not help you. You might think it's just a bunch of gibberish. um, But it's just me talking about something that's important. And trust me, trust and believe there's going to be somebody out there with a story that this is going to resonate with. So it might not be you, but there's going to be somebody. So, um, thank you for listening. Um, I really appreciate so much my, my little following that I have. Um, and this is just a, this is just an example of how, how my raw painful podcasts are going to get so um and I want y'all to say a prayer for for my friend that that lost her beautiful son um I I can't even put into words I, I just I can't even put it into words um so just say a prayer for her um, and him and her daughter and her parents and everybody that's affected, all of his friends. And just pray that people find it in their hearts to, to not judge and just be supportive and kind. Okay? So, like, share, follow, Beautiful in All Seasons. You can find me on Spotify or Apple. Um, and good night.